life, although it may only be in an accumulation of anguish, is dear to me, and I will defend it. Hello and welcome to episode 303, I believe, of Under the Cull of MS. This is a Madden Manipod episode. And oh, I was going to say something. <laughs> I totally lost it. Of course. That was just a little Frankenstein quote. Because of our pal, Madman. It's kind of his own little Frankenstein in a way. And his scientist makers are kind of also Frankenstein <laughs> creatures in a way by losing their body parts and stuff. But it is time. It's time. It is that time to open the big, heavy library, the Mad Maniverse library. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> we love Mondays. Surprisingly, we're getting through this a little faster than I was planning. Was hoping this would take a little longer. Maybe I'll have to cut back a few pages instead of reading so much. But let's see. When we last left off, our madman character was dealing with some of Dr. Biofard's little lost minions, duplicates, replicants in a cave where Madman was dealing with some stuff. And I believe it's Joe that was that he found in the cave or possibly someone else. A female that was locked down in the cave with these creatures. But we'll get back to it. My brain never lets me remember the stuff, so it's always a little fresh update to me every time we do it. But let's get right back into the cave where we last left off. Madman coming down into the cave. Bunch of these bubbly, warted, wart covered, scary looking biofard type cre- creatures running around in the cave. And he is biofard's head is at the bottom of the caves. Is, Little protective headgear smashed open and all the stuff leaked out. So here we go. The sandwiches. Gasp. Throw the sandwiches. Yeah, get back. Boy, you guys are going to be sorry. I got you, doctor, as he grabs Biofards. Head by the hair and picks it up off the ground. (gasps) Here, catch. And he throws it up to the girl. Oh, my. Hey, 
knock it off. Here are your crummy sandwiches as they're trying. Creatures are trying to attack Man Man as he's trying to climb up out of the cave. He dumps some sandwiches down to him. So they're content for a while. And they go running off out of the cage. Man Man's got biopards head in hand. It's just gasping away for air because it doesn't have the protective shield. We've got to get Dr. Flem back to the cabin. Oops. See, I screwed up right off the bat. It's Dr. Flem's head. And Flem's supposed to fix Biofard, who's in the freezer. I will get these two scientists mixed up a lot. But we'll figure it out down, hopefully, down the road sometime. Hang on, Dr. Flem. Please, hang on. <gasps> You're going to have to hold him. <gasps> and they go flying off with the little golf cart down the hill. Hang on, we're at the cabin. As Madman jumps off the cart, goes running into the cabin. Here we go, Doctor. And he sticks the doctor's head in a tub, fills it with water. You're going to be okay. Grab some type of poisonous looking chemical. Dumps that into the water. Is he all right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, he started to breathe again once he was in the tub full of water. But there's one mistake here. Because if you look at the bottom left-hand corner panel, you see Dr. Flem's head floating in the water, but the drain plug behind his head has no plug in it. So how's the water staying? It shouldn't be staying in the tub. It should be draining through the drain if there's no plug in the tub. Yes, people. I notice little weird things that bug me if they're not drawn in right. <laughs> but I'm sure there's a reason behind behind all that. But who knows? It's just a comic. Quit being so picky, damn it. All right. How about you? What happened? Are you all right? It was awful. I'd rather not t t talk about it. You don't have to. As she cries and Madman comforts her. You're all right. Everything is all right. No more pain. This is going to be a lot to ask. I'm going to have to run into town and get a few things. Could you please watch the doctor till I get back? Oh, okay. <laughs> is she going to watch him or is she going to take the head and throw it back in the pit? Because she was in the pit. Who knows? We're going to have to find out. All right. Man, man cruises into town in his really cool golf cart. <laughs> Goes to the general store. Well, looky here. Howdy. Hi, fancy pants. Hi, bud. What do you do? Frequent all the benches in Buzztown? 
a man's gotta have a hobby. I'd love to talk with you some, but I'm kind of short for time. No time. No time. Rush, rush, rush. That's you young folks these days. Man, man goes in a store, does some shopping, cruising around with his cart, filling it up. Some random people in the store. My word, who would want to break into a secondhand store? They figure whoever broke in just took a bunch of old clothes. That's not all. The mayor's niece, Bonnie, locked up in locked up the store. It being her summer job, no one has seen her since. Little Bonnie, the little darling who used to visit every summer. She's not so little anymore. She's grown into a lovely young lady. It's unthinkable. I remember when you didn't have to lock your doors. Bonnie? Will that be everything, Dr. Biofard? That's it. Thanks. And he goes taking off. As Madman's taking off, there's a couple bank robbers coming running out of Pete's bank with a couple of bags of money and shotguns in their hands, it looks like. Masks on, running out to two separate cars, possibly. It's kind of crazy if you got two runaway vehicles, but well, it's good to have a backup one, but also double the chances of getting caught. But anyways, Madman makes it back to the cabin. Has himself some equipment that he picked up. a Kind of like a glass box that he can stick the head in. And some other things he needed. At least you have a better view of things than from that old bathtub. Off to trap one. Not to worry. Just be cautious. We've seen how frightened and unpredictable they can be. Will you be alright for just a little bit longer? I'll be fine. I've actually been enjoying talking with the doctor. He's a very interesting man. Back in a flash. As Madman hops on his cart with his bag full of stuff and goes back up to the cave to capture an entity for the doctor. Now, if I just have enough time to set up before they find me here. Sometimes I wish I could, I could cuss. There are times cussing might be appropriate. Why can't he cuss? You can swear. No one's around. No one's going to hear you. Oh, fart. <laughs> so that's his cussing. By saying fart. And he struggles with that word. One thing I find curious is that I have a hard time saying the, you know, the F word. Heck. I can't say it at all. I notice a lot of people can say it quite casually. 
like an exclamation mark. If I even start to say it, a roadblock drops down in my mind and I nearly bite off my tongue. Maybe my upbringing. Which we'd like to know. We need to know his childhood, his where he came from. We want to know all that. Hopefully, eventually. So we know now that Joe definitely isn't the girl. I, I remember now what happened, the missing missing Gail from the store and all that stuff. So yeah, it's that's why I was confused. We took that break right at that point. So I see a girl in Madman. I was just thinking Joe right ahead, but Joe's our little little redheaded gal. And the one that was down in the pit is the little blondie that disappeared. So it's strange how much strength words carry. A word that by definition describes an act of union and love becomes a word used out of hatred and anger. Love. Oh, Joe. As he sits thinking about her. If only words were just that. Only words. Now I wait. Waiting sucks. Where are they? I'm sick of waiting. Sick, sick, sick. Wow, have they built all this down here? Uh-oh. We see a monument down there, and of course the planet's dangling from the skies. Uh, Rock knocks Madman on the back of the head. He grabs it, puts it in his slingshot, shoots it up at one of the characters. It goes through one of their little planets that they have built and knocks it off the thing. The character throws a big rock from the monument at Madman. Madman punches through it, finds out it's paper mache. The bean kind of gets tumbled over and taken over by the planet that man man snapped loose with a slingshot it's all paper mache creative buggers well i mean you got a, a bunch of characters in a cave and they need something to do at least they somehow came up with paper mache you could easily make a putty or a glue out of the ground dirt and some moist some water and stuff like that or scraping things off the walls, different types of fungus and mold and stuff like that would make a good glue-type texture to make a papier-mâché-type material, but they'd have to come up with the paper somehow. I don't know if Dr. Flem supplied them with some goodies so they had something to do. I would hope so. They wouldn't be completely bored, or they went out and they they were running around out in the environment, so they might have been collecting materials from the world as they went. Who knows? Maybe we'll find out. But other characters come running after Madman. And a bunch of stuff happens. If you got the book, you're at least seeing everything. And you can 
follow along decently. If you don't have the book, you better get your butt out there and get it so you can follow along. But, yeah, it's the Madman of Earth's Library, Volume 1 of 6, I believe. Why can't you guys just be nice as they're all attacking them? Man, oh, man. Oh, no. More of them coming after them with some sticks and rocks. Get back. I came here to help you. I don't want to hurt you. But I will if you don't back off. He whips out his slingshot and tries to defend himself. Some stuff happens. He goes tumbling off a cliff. Down into a bunch of water. So here we know they actually got flowing water in their environment. So that can help them. With all their little paper mache. Expeditions. They're fun. They're building. They're building fun that they're dealing with. (laughs) An underground stream? I'm screwed. Air pocket. Go with the current. It's got to come out somewhere. As he gets dragged through the flowing river. The stream. Finds what air pockets he can. Finally gets out to an open area. Whew! And... um, Our mummified character with the bunny slippers... Appears. I didn't know you were going to go swimming. (laughs) Can I have my jacket back? It's you. I'm sorry, but I lost your jacket. Oh, well, that's just great. How'd you get here? (laughs) How'd you get here? How'd you find me? And he grabs Madman's hand. Madman has a mental flashback. He's a character underneath the wrappings. Kind of like a celestial looking character. Nuck? Space face? Space face? Nuck? Space face? What, what, what? Well, actually, my name is Gail. Okay, it's a female. Sorry, Gail. It's hard to tell when they're wrapped up like that. So I just assumed it was a male figure. Wandering around, but it's a female figure. What's the assisting Dr. Flum? His clones read a book on tattooing. Or read a book on tattooing. Held me down. Tattooed my body. You might have noticed. They're also very interested in astronomy. You came to help me? Anyway, that was the first sign of deterioration. The clones were gentle. Childlike. And eager to learn up till then. So she's been obviously working with the clones, helping the clones. The clones have been learning things. 
Nice. Took this poor girl in and it looks like they must have tattooed her complete and entire body with blue ink and lots of star celestial looking things. I'd seen you enter the mine. Or this is her, huh? I'd seen you enter the mine. Dr. Flem told me what you were doing and asked me if I could go help you. By the time I caught up with you, it was too late. I knew where the underground stream would let you out and started back. They saw me. The clone that struck you was just about to catch me when it... It saw it. My trap? The bait worked? Yes, it worked. This entrance is the quickest way to the trapped clone. He lost interest in me. (laughs) Because he lost interest was because Madman's trap was a standy, a stand-up, cardboard cutout stand-up, of Marilyn Monroe with her dress, holding her dress when she stands above the air, air shaft vent, and it blows her dress up. And the creature goes running towards her, gets tangled up in the little netting and caught up in the bag. And this... Wrapped up mummified character grabs the string and traps the creature in the bag. It worked perfectly. Seeing that it was secure, I ran out after you, hoping you'd make it out all right. So she trapped the character for him. And she goes out to help him out along the way. And they go in the cave, they grab the character in the bag, and bring it out to the golf cart. So the chemicals on your bandages are sucking off the tattoos. Flem's invention. No, mine. I'm a considerably brilliant chemist in my own right. I hope that doesn't sound... Immodest. I wish I were that self-assured. Immodest. Question mark. No. You are what you are. Oops. Sorry. Thump. As he thumps the character in the bag accidentally against the, the golf cart. Here you go, Dr. Flem. One clone, just like you ordered. Splendid. My calculations have narrowed the antidote down to one of two mixtures. Beyond this, there is no hope. So they take the first mixture, inject it into this character. He bubbles up, explodes, turns to goo. 
It's slipping out the door. Stop it. I'm not going to stop it. You stop it. All right, then. I've narrowed it down to one. So he believes one injection's going to work. And we're just going to see what happens. The globity gloop goes slamming its way back to the cave. Madman chases after it. Go back to the cabin. The doctor can still help you. No, you don't. Darn it. As the thing sneaks past him. All anyone wants to do is help you. I know I haven't appeared that friendly, but you guys kept trying to kill me. And I had to defend myself. I'm sorry. Really, really, really sorry. Okay, fine. Be that way. That does it. I quit. As he goes walking away from the entity. Goes back walking towards his cart or whatever. Through the woods. <coughs> Excuse me. Then he comes across some other characters. Well, looky here. It's that faggot that broke my back window. It sure as hell is. Why, it's because of him we had to rob the bank to pay for the window in your pickup. You had to rob a bank to pay for a couple hundred dollar window? Could have robbed a gas station. Less risky. (laughs) That's just my opinion. At this time, I'd like to take the opportunity to share my views on gun control. I mean, you robbed a bank to pay for a piece of glass? Well, yeah... That and a few other things. It's nothing to you anyway. We're going to blow your head off, queer. Wait, let's see what's under this mask first. Yeah, I'd probably wear a mask too with that face. (laughs) Yeah, a mask's a pretty good idea. Leave me alone. We'll be doing you a favor by blowing you away. Yeah, let's put him out of his misery. And poof! The gobbly goop character sneaks up behind him, lands on top of him, and covers him in goo. Golly, it took those guys with it as it dissolved. There is some good in these creatures. <laughs> he dissolved the two bank robbers into basically bone. Dissolved the skin, flesh, and guts right off their bones. And Madman just sprinkles some leaves on top of the goop. Leaves it to lay. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's gone. As he gets back to the cabin, he tells the doctor... That's it, then. But isn't there one more? Don't give up. Gail said it was badly damaged. It's probably already dead. But we have to at least try. There's no time. As the character shows up at the door. Everybody's surprised. Did not expect it. But the last living being shows up at the door. <clears throat> and we're gonna We're gonna end it there. Yeah. I'm gonna end it there.
we can get one more chunk out of this storyline before we start the next trade paperback in the series. But yeah, I like that. We got a surprise moment. We got a character walking in the door. Surprising them. Ugh. Trying to lift the massive volume. Move it around. The giant Mad Maniverse Bible. Mad Maniverse Library. The Mad Maniverse Library. Volume 1 from Dark Horse Comics. If you're listening to this without your copy, get your butt out there and get it. Make sure you get the next copies that come out too, because we will be reading all the way through all of them. And we will keep going. But I'm having fun with this. I thought I listened to the first two episodes. I enjoyed them. I know my voices are shit, but I try my best. <laughs> trying to give Dr. Flem the raspy voice because he had his head cut off. I, I do the different things. I keep Madman under my voice. Use the two different ones for his word balloons and for his side story stuff. But that's it for this chunk of the thing. I'm going to come back with another special thing after this. We'll be right back. Don't go. Stick around. Okay, I know you're like, you just gave us the most awesome half hour of podcasting ever, and you're going to give us more? <coughs> Excuse me, right off the bat. I took a big swig before I started talking to us, but yes, I did happen to read something this week that kind of pertain to Mike and Laura Allred. Uh, we got Archie, number 700 to 704. This is, I believe, Archie, volume two, the newer Archies. Issue 700, the cover is done by Mark, Mike and Laura Allred. It's an awesome cover, too. It's got Archie popping out of the center. With a bunch of Archie memories all the way around. And it's just the perfect all red style cover. I love how they did this one. But with these newer Archies, you kind of got a more adult version of the game going on. And with this, they start out basically Betty and Veronica. Coming back to town, back to Riverdale, talking about everything that's going on, trying to get caught up with times. I believe it must be summer. Yeah, of course, it's summer vacation. <clears> Throat's throat just really scratchy. I don't know why. It was fine for the first half of the podcast. But it starts out with. Jughead and Archie sitting in Pop's chocolate shop, shooting the breeze, and the tagline is, How I Wasted My Summer Vacation. Of course, you got Jughead finishing off his burger in no time and then sneaking up his hands over to Archie's plate and stealing Archie's burger when he turns his head and eating that for him, too. <laughs> I don't know how... Jughead stays so skinny. Other than walking. That was always how I, when I was younger, I stayed. Walking was 
the best exercise you can get. It uh, keeps your body loose, keeps you going. But uh, yeah, you see Veronica picking up Betty and her Betty and Ronnie just sit there, shit, shit, talking about things, talking about Archie, all that stuff. And then we get to see uh, Reggie make his appearance. And he's just being his typical douchey self. And while this is all going on, we get to see a flashback to Archie and Jughead talking. And we get to find out that Jughead has been doing a little side work for Reggie's dad. And basically telling stories the way he'd like to see them and he likes what he's doing and gives Jughead some extra work for the summer to do some writing. And then we also see a gang, the gang get together with a party where Cheryl is throw, throwing, Cheryl Blossom is throwing a party. And she's kind of kidnapped Josie and the Pussycats for the summer. Put her up in her house in exchange for them entertaining her. And everybody along the way. <laughs> and she takes advantage of them quite a bit. But they are staying with her for free. So, and you got to do something for that. And Archie just so happens to have a new love in his life. And people, he's making it out to people that he's single and playing around with everything. And the girls just are not going to fall for it. They're not going to allow it to happen. They don't believe that Archie is single. So along the way, Cheryl Blossom throws a little party together and... Pops a little surprise out there for Archie that she's going to do a bachelor, uh, what is a bachelor auction. And the bachelor for the auction just happens to be Archie Andrews. And we're going to find out whether or not they can make Archie's new love pop up out of the would work by making seeing who votes the most and who puts the most money out to get a date with Archie and Betty and Veronica are also trying to find little ways to get some information on Archie so they've been spying on people and checking into things and trying to catch them in the act and Everybody's pretty much clueless for the most part in the beginning stories to what's up with Archie and who he's with. I'm not going to let you know because just read it. It was very enjoyable seeing who he's with and what's happening for the summer. While all this is going on, Jughead's doing his work 
for Reggie's dad, who feels his son's a flunky, but he took on Jughead as his new uh, partial son. And uh, Jughead was late getting in his first, his next segment that he was supposed to get to, uh, Reggie's dad. And when he gets to Reggie's dad's place, there's uh, some blood around. The place is destroyed. And Reggie's dad's nowhere to be found. But along with that storyline, we get a lot of interesting stuff, too, where Reggie kind of stumbles across some things and figures some things out. And we get to see what happens with Jughead. I mean, is he uh, going to end up in jail because of all this for murder? I mean, Who knows what's going to happen? You're going to have to read it to find out. But uh, if you're smart, if you get issue 700, make sure you get cover B. Which is the Michael and Laura Allred cover. It's just it's a beautiful comic. Uh, I wish they would have done a cover for every one of them, but <laughs> we can't be greedy. Gotta take what we get and enjoy it. But yeah, that was a lot, a lot of fun. Reading those first five comics. Well, not first five. I mean, it's number 700 to 704, so. We're 700 issues in, but it's a whole new storyline, so it worked out perfectly starting at that number 700. And I'm going to have to, I know I have more somewhere around here, so I will read more of those down the way, but I figured throw it on, throw it on the end of this episode since it was all red related in a way, and they had do any of the inside stories, but it, the covers, the most, I mean, the number 700 covers worth more to me in memory and enjoyment than all five books contents that I read, but they, it's, they were, it, it is a great storyline. I, I love where it went. So check those out. Archie, Number 700 to 704 from Archie Comics. Looks like it's volume two of Archie, but I think that's still running off the original run of Archie. It's just, I'm guessing when they hit a certain number, they just changed it to the second volume. But other than that, I think, yeah, we could end end it with a little Pickles Tales. Here, see what the Pickles cat and dog are up to. Muffin and Roscoe. Yet, daughter comes up talking to Opal. Mother, I can't believe you never had Muffin fixed. I just never got around to it, I guess. The last thing the world needs is another pregnant cat. Especially a pregnant cat with morning sickness. Huh? Oh, gross. All over my shoes. (laughs) Cat just threw up all over. Next set of panels, we got Opal talking to Earl. Opal says, 
I made up this box for Muffin to have her kittens in. I can't decide whether to put it in the hall closet or in our bedroom. You know how fussy she is. Looks like Muffin's already made the decision for you. Ech! <laughs> I'm kind of glad she chose your side of the bed. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Muffin had a litter of kittens. On Opal's side of the bed. You see Muffin laying on the bed, sleeping away. Now all of a sudden Muffin's word balloon as Muffin opens one eye, surprised looking. Huh? Oh wow. What a nightmare. I dreamed a bunch of leeches were draining all my vital fluids. As Muffin looks down. Oh shoot. You see all these kittens slurping away on, <laughs> on the teats, getting their milk. <laughs> and we go to our next panel. Muffin's carrying a kitten in her mouth. Goes walking past the boy, Nelson, the grandson. Grandma, I think Muffin's eating her kittens. <laughs> no, Nelson. That's just the way the mother cat carries her babies. Yuck! Hasn't she ever heard of a stroller? <laughs> Next round of panels, we got Roscoe in the picture. Roscoe, the dog, sitting there staring at the TV. His word balloons say, I don't know why everyone's always putting TV down. Sure, maybe it's not exactly the brain food of the gods. But all in all, you can't beat it for cheap entertainment. And it's even better when someone comes in the room and turns it on. <laughs> the Muffin was just sitting there staring at a blank TV forever. And then finally Earl walks in and flips the TV on. Alright, last set of panels. Got Muffin the Cat sleeping on Opal on top of the blanket. The kittens are sleeping all over Earl on top of his head and underneath the blanket. They're snoring away. The cats are purring away. Next panel, you got Earl sitting at the breakfast table. The cats are walking in a in a Beatles-style form across the table. Abbey Road-style form. I'm not in your way, am I? As the cats go walking past his food. Next panel, the cats are meowing all over, crawling all over Earl, and Earl's getting mad as he's trying to work with his stamp collection. Then he's sitting in his happy chair, and he's trying to read his newspaper. Cats are all climbing all over, scratching on Earl as Opal, Opal sits on top, or Muffin, I mean. The cat is laying on top of Earl's recliner on the head part with his, her tail right across Earl's eyes as he's trying to read. It says, Opal, it's time to do something about the cats. <laughs> it's time to put the cats up for adoption. They're driving Earl nuts. Yeah. 
up until I started reading this book of it, and no, Muffin was a female cat, and uh, of course not being fixed. Staying near your pets, kitties. A lot of cats and dogs end up in shelters or end up dead, gone, homeless, whatever. Because people just can't spay and neuter their pets. And sadly, those animals have to suffer because the humans are ignorant that they're owners. So, yeah, it's nice to have puppies and kittens around. But it's not a good thing for the environment to have them just wandering freely, no homes, nothing going on, ending up in shelters, being put down, whatever. That's just stupidity. Give a thing a life. Give it a happy life. If you're not going to fix it and it's going to produce more lives, then give those things a happy life too. And make sure they find a good life. Because you're responsible for that since you couldn't fork out the 50 bucks to get your cat dog fixed and not have more critters being out there in the environment. Lost and wandering. So spay and neuter your pets, kitties. That's it for today. That was a fun Mad Manipod episode, hopefully. I had a lot of fun. I always enjoy it. It's my favorite episode of the week. But you have a ginchy day. Be good to yourself. Be good to others. Kick the shit out of the monster. We got this. You got this. We all got to have this. Take care. Bye-bye.